I'm Christopher Hope, the Associate Editor for Politics at The Daily Telegraph, and this is Chopper's Politics Podcast. It's been a, well, taxing week for the Conservative Party. Does the Prime Minister agree that any politician who seeks to avoid the taxes they owe in this country is not fit to be in charge of taxpayer money? With regard to the appointment of the Minister without portfolio, the usual appointments process was followed. No issues, no issues were raised with me when he was appointed to his current role. And since I commented on this matter last week, more information has come forward. And that is why I have asked the independent adviser to look into the matter. So with Nadim Zahawi, the chairman of the Conservatives, keeping his personal finances in the headlines, we thought it'd be a good time to catch up with the current Chancellor of the Exchequer, Jeremy Hunt, to talk about the public purse instead. Time flies in politics. It's been just over 100 days since Jeremy Hunt was asked to take over from Kwasi Kwarteng by Liz Truss. Remember that? And then he was rehired as Chancellor by Rishi Sunak a few days later. So I took a trip to number 11 Downing Street on a wet January morning to talk about business, backing Britain and, of course, taxes. Ah, hey. Hello. This is How you Team Hope. Yes, now, last time I did this, we were in a pub. We were in a pub, yes. <laughs> yes. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm taking you up market, guys. <laughs> OK, are you ready to go? Oh, yeah, fire away. OK, 100 days then. Are you still pinching yourself? Um, I do, actually. I wasn't expecting to be doing this job. I thought I was all beached up. Yeah. And uh, then I got the uh, the text from Liz Trust that I thought was a hoax. And, um, <laughs> um, and uh, you know... She has changed my world phones quite a lot, so it could have been, yes. could have been a hoax. The thing about politics is, I think you understand when you go into politics that you can never choose your job. Mm. You know, Parliament is full of people who are you know, frustrated defence secretaries who are huge experts in a particular area and who never get a ministerial job in that area. And it just doesn't work out that way. And I've never done an economics brief. When I was health secretary, I'd never done anything to do with the NHS. Culture, a bit of business there, but not uh, When I was culture secretary, I really didn't know anything about sport. I had to mug (laughs) up pretty quickly. So, you know, and, you know, so I think that's how how politics is. But you're well well qualified because you're you're an entrepreneur. You made... 14.5 14.5 million we read from on, from selling your brilliant firm hot courses in 2014 you've done you've swept the hard stuff yes um i wouldn't necessarily believe all the numbers that you yes. read in anywhere except the daily telegraph okay. which of course okay. is immensely reliable but um that's why i couldn't say no to this job because mm. um you know becoming an entrepreneur was the best decision i ever made i am a child of margaret thatcher mm. um and she changed the mood when I was at university it was the late 80s and her and Nigel Lawson made it fashionable to set up your own business and I think I went to Oxford and I think most Oxford graduates would have ended up in McKinsey or Goldman's or the civil service or the BBC Mm. and I chose to go it alone and I think that was because of a culture change where the country became pro-enterprise. Have the Tories lost that? You've been in Japan now for 12 years? I don't think we have. If you look at our strengths as an economy, you know, 25% of our output 
is in the high growth industries of the future, like life sciences, mm. technology. We're only the third country in the world to have a trillion dollar tech sector. And that's because we have hundreds of thousands of startups. And I actually think the declinism that you yes. see so much of is just plain wrong. When you look at the facts, we've got everything going for us. And the big industries of the 21st century that are going to shape the world mm. happen to be the areas that Britain is really strong in. And I'm, okay, I'm biased. I'm a tech entrepreneur by yeah. background. Yeah. But I think we've got incredible opportunities. As an entrepreneur, do you feel some sympathy, say, from the Dean of Harvey with this battle he's got with the, with the taxman going back 20 years? I mean, when you are an entrepreneur, you do have debates about tax, as I understand it, and some areas are grey, some aren't, and that's where it may have come from. Well, I don't want to talk about the individual case, but let me say this. I do want more entrepreneurs in politics, mm. and you know, I think it's a tremendous positive uh, to have people around the cabinet table who know what it's like to take risks. And I think, uh, even though we've come a long way in this country, uh, I still think we, we need to improve our attitude to risk-taking. For example, I think it is completely wrong to describe the fact that we didn't get a satellite launch to happen in Cornwall earlier this month as a failure. It wasn't. It was a stepping stone. And when we do become one of the very few countries in the world able to launch satellites into space, and by the way, we make around a quarter of the small satellites in the world in this country, we will say that was, that was a crucial step in the journey. And I think, you know, too often we brand these kinds of things as failures when you know my business i mean this yeah. is a well-worn story and you've talked about it many times <laughs> but i had a whole succession of failures yes before i had a business that took off and and uh you know i've talked about trying to sell marmalade in japan but you know i also tried to do a business in children's playgrounds yes. i did a, a turn at belgian chocolates and uh <laughs> these uh i did uh tourist maps and they all basically didn't work and i think that we have to have a mentality if I think we are a country that aspires to greatness mm. and wants to make a splash in the world. And if we do that, we've got to accept that we're going to need to take risks. Yeah. Will you publish your tax return? Um, I uh, will absolutely publish my tax return for my time as Chancellor, yep. which I think is the right thing to do. And that should be the new model of all the all cabinet now, do you think? I, I think um, everyone must make their own decision, but I am in a different position because I am yeah. responsible for the nation's finances. Mm. And so I think there is a particular interest yes. in the Chancellor's tax affairs. Uh, I mean, do you worry then that the Deems always sets a bad example of having into, into a battle with HMRC over? Well, I don't want to. I think there's an investigation happening and it wouldn't be right for me to, to make a judgment. Of course, yeah. You're keen on cutting tax. You've got a picture of Nigel Lawson on, on your wall there. There's pressure from all over the place, particularly in our, in our paper about tax. Why can't you start cutting taxes sooner than expected because of the good performance in November? Well, uh, let, bond me, sales. let me just say, I mean, Nigel Lawson was a great Chancellor because he cut tax but that picture is actually up there because rishi sunak put it up there when he was the chancellor yeah. and it stayed and so it's not just me that wants to cut tax the prime minister wants to cut tax as well but mm. the best tax cut we could give the british people would be to halve inflation that is a huge huge increase in people's disposable income and inflation is an invidious tax rise yeah. which we need to get so you're, out you're of the a, you're a tax cutter. What, what alarmed MPs I spoke to after your autumn statement is when you used terms like unearned wealth on shares, that really upset them. And that wasn't a very Tory thing, thing to say for them. 
Well, um, I wouldn't use that phrase again. No. Um, I think that, uh, uh, you know, the, the fact is that tax is a very important part or low taxes are a very important part of getting the incentives right in an economy for innovation, entrepreneurialism, risk-taking. And if we're going to succeed in a post-Brexit world, it will be because Brexit makes us more hungry as a country. And, um, you know, I, I think we need to recognise that, you know, the success of Brexit will be because it's a catalyst that makes us get out into the world and try harder. And having competitive tax rates is a very important part of that. Of course, sound money has to come first mm. because inflation is itself a tax. And that's the tax that I can bring down most quickly. Yes. But as soon as we are in a position to, of course, we want taxes to come down. So budget next year. It I depends mean, on it depends on public finances, and um, this is not just a glib sort of trying to duck the question. The reality is, you just don't know budget to budget what the no. state of public finances are. But if you're saying to me, uh, "Do I want to get taxes down?" Yes, I do. If you're saying, "Where would I prioritise?" Uh, my first priority would actually to bring down business taxes. We actually already have the second lowest business taxes in the G's. corporation tax business rates or I, I don't want to talk about particular uh, no. uh, bits but we as a, we already have the, the second lowest business taxes as a proportion of GDP in, in the G7 but we should say we want to be the most competitive have the most competitive tax rate so that if people want to start a business if they want to set up a business if they want to invest in a European country they choose here and uh, having competitive tax rates yep. is very important. But you want to stop putting taxes up, don't you? That's the real position as a chance at the moment. You, you know, we have had to put taxes up in order to be able to uh, promise sound money and deliver the Prime Minister's objective to halve inflation. Mm. It's extremely painful and it's a last resort. And the difference between Labour and the Conservatives is that we bring taxes down as soon as we can. Labour never does. Coming up, what happened when I asked Jeremy Hunt whether he could, to quote former Chancellor Norman Lamont in the mid-1990s, see green shoots of recovery in the economy? Right after this. Nigel Farage. This is the most commonest thing done by any government in my lifetime in this country. Lionel Shriver. Which is worse, Biden's not being in control and Biden being in control. <laughs> Charles Moore. I think if people in general feel that their traditions, culture, history, values, etc. are under assault, they are basically right. My name is Stephen Edgington and if you're enjoying this podcast, you might like Off Script, a new series from The Telegraph. Provocative conversations with provocative individuals. Each episode, I sit down with a world-leading commentator to unpick the ongoing culture wars. Unfiltered, unscripted, and full of free speech. Be sure to listen to Offscript in the same place you're listening to this, and make sure to follow so you don't miss an episode. last chance to give a budget was, was Mr Sunak. He wants to cut income tax to 19p next March. 
that could be a good idea still well um i think it's too soon to, to speculate say, yeah. on the type of taxes one would cut because we just don't know yeah. public finances and what they are but my priority uh, for this year yeah. is to show that this government is not just about stability it's about growth we have a plan i'm going to be talking about that plan a lot more in in the yeah. weeks ahead um, and i think my other priority is to combat the declinism that seems to have taken hold about Britain. Mm. Um, what do you blame social media for that? I mean, I I, um, I think that you know we've had a bumpy time politically and a bumpy time economically, and we've got a lot of industrial action. And I can understand why people read the newspapers and feel a bit gloomy. But what I would say is. If you want to bet on a country that is going to succeed handsomely in the 21st century, I back Britain. I think we've got everything going for us. And I just say, I mean, I give you one example, Chris. You know, I've said in my autumn statement, I want us to be the world's next Silicon Valley. Um, that's a big dream. But uh, it's not just a dream. We don't just have the biggest tech sector in Europe. We have the biggest financial services sector in Europe, second biggest in the world. And we have the best universities in Europe, second best in the world. So we have the ingredients that could turn this into the most extraordinary innovation powerhouse. Mm. And I think that's our opportunity. Can you see green shoots? Um, <laughs> if you may remember, a predecessor of mine got into a lot of trouble when he uh, started talking about green shoots. But it, what I would say is I've never felt that... Uh, we are in the doldrums as no. a country, and I've always been extremely a shallow recession is what you talked but, about. But what I would, but I also know as an entrepreneur that success doesn't come without work, and we have to take the difficult decisions in order to unleash the success that we're capable of. So, so on that, you mentioned, didn't you, in, in November, three hundred thousand over fifties have gone missing, economically inactive. Why is that? What's the reason for it? That's the concern, isn't it? Well, some people have made a decision to retire because they can afford to i would just say that um you know life expectancy has gone up dramatically in recent years and if you're over 50 uh, you've actually got time for another entirely new career in your life um, and even if you don't want to work full time work can be an incredibly enriching part mm. of that third phase of your life and i think that um we want to tap into the abilities the skills the experience the wisdom of people who've uh, done a lot of other things in their life and so we want to be an economy where people of all ages feel that they can participate but they're not are they do you, do you blame work from home are you a fan of work from home i think you, you can work from home are, here can't you there are specific areas where working from home can increase productivity yes. for example um, parents who have childcare responsibilities for example disabled people there are opportunities that the zoom world makes possible which can help some people work who might not otherwise have been able to work mm. but do i think it's a good thing for everyone no i don't and the reason i don't is because whilst you may be able to tick the boxes for all the precise jobs that you're paid to do if you do them from home do you get the creativity the buzz the teamwork the personal growth uh, that you would get if you were in an office with a team of people around you everyone focusing on trying to achieve the same task you don't 
And that's why we need to get back to people being in the office, uh, working as teams, getting the, all, the, all the benefits that you get from being with lots of other people, bouncing ideas off each other, all those water cooler moments. Yeah. And I think that is a part of life. And, uh, and I think we need to make sure we get it back. So you're with Jacob Rees-Mogg? Well, I think you know, Jacob Rees-Mogg um, had an important insight when he yeah. said that this is uh, not a permanent change that we want to see in the economy. Now, and you'll be trying to get your, the treasury staff that you work with here to come back to work. What's the, what's the rule? Is it five days a week or four days a week now? Um, well, treasury staff, I think, uh, are about average for government departments. Which is um, we do have a lot of remote meetings because we have a, a branch in Darlington. Darlington. Yeah. And that, I think, is a really positive thing. But can we do better? Of course we can. And what's it? Will there be new rules? Days in the office, four days a week is the new requirement? I I don't know if we need new rules, but I would like to encourage people to uh, come into the office and uh, meet the Chancellor face-to-face. Just on strikes, we're told that you're the person holding back a backdated pay for nurses. Is that right? Well, we have a position across the whole of government, which is that the most, you know, the, the government has got five big jobs this year yep. but um to paraphrase 1 corinthians 13 <laughs> the, the greatest of the five is to halve inflation that yep. is the the most important and um so we want to resolve these strikes we want to talk we're happy to talk about anything except things that will entrench high inflation yes. and mean this is still a problem that we have this time next year so are, are you looking at some kind of cost living payment for these three months up until march and then a new deal with the pay review body is looking into the well, next Well, I don't want fashion. to second guess the negotiations, well, no. but I, I want, you know, as, as Chancellor, I want to support yeah. the Prime Minister in this ambition. We've just been talking about tax cuts. You know, inflation yeah. is a tax rise of a different kind. And so we want to resolve these issues. We recognise people in public services yeah. work extremely hard, but uh, we can't agree to anything that's going to entrench high inflation. You're a former health secretary, of course. Do you agree with Sajid Javid about the need to maybe charge for GP appointments? There's a cross-party agreement now from the Tories and Labour to do something more to reform the NHS, more private involvement. I agree that we need some radical reforms in the NHS. I don't think that's uh, the one I would choose. I think uh, we need to look at the targets culture, which has made the NHS the most micromanaged health service in the world. And I think we could learn from the freedom that we give heads in the school system. And I look at the extremely impressive way that we've risen uh, nine places in the international league tables for English and maths. And we've done it by decentralizing power, mm. by allowing heads to manage. I don't think we allow hospital managers to do that. So that's where I'd like to see the reforms. Yeah. Do you have private health care? No. Just very, Nicely very, sneaked in. Very briefly, <laughs> I thought to ask that question, very briefly. Back in t- December 2018, uh, you were in favor of a new Royal Britannia. Funded by private money. Well, you do you know, sit down that, 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 on the prow with me on this amazing project? Um, do you know I, 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 I love your campaigning for this. And let me say uh, this: I want us to be proud as a country. I think right now, when you look at the existential battle for freedom that is going on in Ukraine, our priority has to be supporting brave Ukrainians. Is it something that I would like us to see in my lifetime? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Briefly then, last two minutes of your, your time. Thank you for your time, Chancellor. What's next for Jeremy Hunt? Do you want to be, be leader? That's gone, isn't it? I I'm, I'm <laughs> can't the, believe you're here. I think uh, that, that is not going to happen, and I don't want it to happen. And I think Lucia would never forgive me if I, <laughs> if I told that uh, Lucia and Rishi Sunak would never okay. forgive me if I and told the uh, Telegraph that this is <laughs> the plan. It isn't the plan. You should blame me, wouldn't yes. you? Briefly, on your quick, quick wire questions, we have to do it in any podcast. How good are you at budgeting when on holiday? I'm afraid I'm pretty boringly good. You expect <laughs> that from a chancellor, but exactly. I mean, it's, it's, it's bad to say it. On, but even on holiday, I'm probably pretty good. Okay, red briefcase or no briefcase? Um, red briefcase for budgets. <laughs> the rest of the time, no briefcase. They're bloody heavy. McDonald's or Nando's? Oh, God. Uh, um, let me be honest, GBK. <laughs> okay. Your favourite scent of candle? My favourite scent of candle? Wow. That's uh, um, sandalwood. <laughs> levelling up or knocking back a few pints? Oh, uh, definitely levelling up. <laughs> Jeremy Hunt, you've got to go. Thank you for joining us. It's a busy time for you uh, as Chancellor. Thank you. It's a pleasure, Chris. Thank you to Jeremy Hunt, the Chancellor of the Exchequer, and the team around him for allowing us into 11 Downing Street for that interview. Let me know what your thoughts are on what the Chancellor had to say about taxes, working from home and declinism, as he kept calling it. You can get in touch with me via email chopperspolitics at telegraph.co.uk or on Twitter. We're at chopperspodcast. Thank you as ever to my brilliant team of producers, Louisa Wells and Giles Gear. Even if they wrote those ridiculous quickfire questions at the end, they weren't mine, honestly. And most importantly of all, thank you to you for listening. If you need more Chopper's Politics in your life, and if so, I can't really blame you, why not sign up to my daily Chopper's Politics newsletter? You'll get Westminster whispers and insights delivered straight into your email inbox every weekday lunchtime. It's free to sign up, and the link for it will be in the show notes to this episode. And please do check out my weekly Peterborough Diary Gossip column, out every Friday evening at 7pm online and in Saturday's newspaper. And remember, as always, if you can, please do buy a copy of The Daily Telegraph. It's a must-read. Until next time, though, cheerio! The 14th of October, that is what I will always remember. Yes. the date that my life changed That's right. in ways I was not predicting. Rush back on uh, Eurostar. You on, were you on holiday? Yeah, I was on holiday in Brussels. In Brussels. Brussels. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, so, uh, yeah. yeah, I managed to get in a... Moulin Frites <laughs> the night before. <laughs>